So hello and welcome to this episode of Poultry Today, a podcast brought to you by Poultry Business Magazine. I'm your host, Chloe Ryan, and joining me in this month's episode are two guests from the world of free-range egg production and broiler production to discuss the impact of inflation. We regularly hear about how the cost of key commodities is rising and how this is squeezing household budgets. But for those producing food, the effect is particularly acute, with nearly every key input from fuel to feed to bedding to labour increasing by double digits at an eye-watering pace. And with egg packers, food manufacturers and retailers also facing soaring costs, securing a fair price for those right at the start of the chain is extremely difficult. Our first guest today is Robert Gooch, Chief Executive of the Free Range Producers Association. Uh, He represents free range egg producers across the country, most of which sell their eggs to packers at the market price, which fluctuates according to supply. Now, one particularly difficult aspect for producers at the moment, uh, which Robert will talk about, is that the surge in supermarket sales during the lockdowns of the past two years persuaded producers to increase production, uh, meaning there's a lot of egg in the market at the moment, which is further suppressing prices. Our next guest is broiler grower Charles Bournes. Charles has held many roles on many boards over the decades, both in the UK and across Europe as part of COPA. Kajika and was chairman of the NFU National Poultry Board for 12 years. He also represents the NFU at meetings of Red Tractor. He grows nearly half a million chickens per year for Hook Two Sisters. So it won't have escaped anyone's attention in the poultry industry that prices are rising, but the impact is not spread evenly across all sectors. Uh, The latest retail sales data, which I've had supplied to me by Kantar for the 12-week period ending uh, at the end of December, showed average prices for eggs were up 6.5% across the major supermarkets, while average poultry meat prices were up 4.3% during the same period. So it's clear retailers are trying as far as possible to keep a lid on prices for consumers. But Charles, let's start with you. Can you just outline as a producer, what are the key price heights you are facing and what rate are they rising? There's two, two of them. There's feed and chicks. That are, and those two, actually, we're lucky because we were on a feed ratchet. So they basically, um, we're keeping up with our feed price, price rises and our chick price rises. <laughs> Which is good. The other, the other costs are rising by about eight. Well, my electric price is, is just started a new contract, and that's gone up seventy percent. It's now twenty three pence per kilowatt hour, and my shaving supplier he's gone up eight percent. And talking to other producers, most costs, other than have gone up seven to thirteen percent. So those are sort of prices we're we're looking at. I'm fortunate in so much as um, Hook's two sisters fought like mad and they've managed to get the retailers they supply to um, honour the feed ratchet. And my feed price this month has gone up £15 a tonne, but I will get that price back in my live weight price. So in some ways, I'm fortunate. Other producers aren't so fortunate. I'm talking to one this morning to find out what was going on and his feed price has gone up. 
and he's been given a penny a kilo, whereas we've we've been given um well not given, we've got nearly seven pence a kilo. So there are a lot of producers out there that aren't getting their feed price rises and they really will be in, in feeling the squeeze. Did I hear you correctly that electricity prices have gone up seventy percent, seven zero? That's right, because we had a two year contract before and when we renewed our contract on the first of January over the prices we had before, which I think was about 15 pence a kilowatt hour, we're now on 23. So I think that works out about 70% because also the standing charges are going up. So that that is that is the worry at the moment, talking to again to producers. They're not they're looking at contracts finishing end of March and they've already been told that their cost won't be 23 pence a kilowatt hour, it'll be more like 30. So the big, the big worry, really, I think, on to all farmers, are basically these utility costs, these other costs, and the way they're going forward. Because discussing with people, nobody really knows the true price of anything at the moment because everything is just going up. You know, whether people are beginning to take a bit of profiteering out of it, I know, you know, supply because I nobody really knows what the true price of electricity is because today it'd be one price tomorrow it'd be another and a month's time it'd be another and it's just it's very very difficult uh, now these costs are all rising at different rates over different periods mm. um have you it is difficult to keep track of all of this but uh, if you could compare this time now with this time last year have you got any kind of estimate overall for all your input costs yeah. That, roughly how much that would be yeah last year i was i need uh, my costs were 110 pence per kilo of meat produced off the farm this year going forward it looks as though it would be 116 117 pence per kilo produced off the farm so basically our costs have gone up 7p overall that takes our shavings that's taking shavings clean out all our costs i do it every year and every year, and I did it 110 last year, it's 117 this year going forward. Okay. Um, we'll follow up on that in more detail in a minute. But um, Robert, to come to you, can you outline what are the key costs for your members, egg producers, and how much have they risen over the past year? Yeah, sure, Chloe. The, the, the main um, two costs are, are, are the same as... Um, Charles has outlined, in other words, feed and pullets, uh, in, uh, rather than chicks uh, in, the, in, the broiler, in the broiler world, and in both cases, <coughs> they've gone up. So we um, analyze, uh, we get an independent um, assessment of uh, our costings done every month by ADAS, um, using a sample of our members. And um, by comparing January last year to January this year, uh, pullet costs for free range have gone up um, by nearly 6% and feed costs have gone up 7%. Um, and for our organic members, so we represent both free range and organic, uh, and for organic members, uh, the increases are, are, are significantly greater. Um, pullets have gone up 11% and feed has gone up 21.5%. So um, significant cost increases, and those are the two major areas where which um, producers have to cover. But unlike the broiler sector, 
uh, in most cases, free-range producers do not have a feed ratchet and do not have any link to, to their pullet price. So they, they don't see an increase in um, the price of their eggs um, uh, by using a, a tracker contract. Mm. And just to get right back to basics, why are feed costs up? Why are pullet costs up? Well, pullet costs um, are gone up because of the inflationary pressures throughout the supply chain. Uh, so that would include feed. Um, and you'd have to talk to pullet um, rearers about that in more detail. But it's it, it, they are inflationary pressures across the board, as, as we discussed with electrics, energy uh, and feed. Um, feed costs are harder to uh, identify because of the global supply chain that we're all working on. But the, the, the price of moving <coughs> Uh, commodities across oceans has uh, gone up astronomically. Um, uh, so transport costs have gone up hugely. And um, the price of wheat in our domestic market, uh, so we talk about just forget transport costs, but just look at the price of wheat. Um, it's now uh, X farm uh, about 225 pounds a tonne. And that's um, a yeah, huge increase uh, on what it was uh, a year ago. So that's uh, knocked on into feed feed costs for the users of that wheat, um, which uh, include free range and organic egg producers. Mm. And as you mentioned, um, unlike the broiler sector, which is um, integrated largely, uh, egg producers depend on the vagaries of the market for the price they're able to charge. Um, we touched on this right at the beginning, but can you explain why there happens to be a lot of egg around at the moment, which is compounding this whole issue by suppressing prices? Yes, um, as you mentioned, um, free range is the dominant uh, uh, production system for shell egg uh, consumption in the UK. Um, so approximately 70% of uh, shell egg sold to um, at, on retailer shelves is free range. And um, the, the commodities like eggs, uh, free range eggs, had a big hike in demand uh, during lockdowns in 2020 uh, and early 2021 um, because of eating in home um, used far more egg than, or free range egg particularly, than eating out when um, other production systems are used uh, or, uh, and cheaper forms of egg are, are used in ingredients and that sort of thing. So. Um, that meant that there was uh, a sense that the market was uh, was strengthening at that time. Obviously, production decisions are influenced by what's happening at a particular time, point in time. And when that goes downwards, as it has done uh, uh, now, um, with demand having reduced since uh, uh, lockdown, um, that has had an effect on the market. It's also influenced by the fact that the way the contracts that uh, are offered to producers are structured and that they tend to be variable price contracts and therefore um, they will reflect what's happening in the market. A, a, a packer can reduce his price with a variable price contract at any time um, and that means that the risk is all borne by the producer. Now <clears throat> we as an organisation have been lobbying for many years to have more feed ratchets, more feed trackers, more fixed price contracts, more cost plus contracts which, which um, Charles can, uh, can talk about in more detail as, as he's more familiar with them than us. But that would then provide a disincentive to, for packers and others to hand out contracts to producers because they would then have to bear some of the cost or some of the risk, I should say, 
as well when things go wrong or when the market takes a downturn, whereas now, um, or, or, when feed, or when feed costs go up. But at the moment, the risk is all on the producer and the free range egg sector. Mm. So this this is kind of there's really no incentive for packers to offer those kind of contracts, is there? I mean, there's no clear benefit for them to do that. No, we, we we're looking to the retailers to influence the packers. The packers are their suppliers um, to say continuity of supply and good relationships at the producer level are important throughout the supply chain. And um, there are some notable retailers. Um, such as Tesco, who have uh, told their uh, packers, their suppliers, that uh, there should be a feed ratchet uh, offered to all producers uh, in their supply chains. And that is something which uh, we welcomed. And, uh, and we believe about 30% of, of, of um, uh, our members are now um, have some form of a feed link, but we would like to see that increase um, significantly. Charles, you come in now and just explain uh, the benefits for producers of having this integrated supply chain in the broiler market? Well, I think it's because we, um, as you say, there's about three big packers and they tend to control us. I mean, and that has its disadvantages and its advantages. The, and it's certainly my packer with Hooks Two Sisters. Hooks Two Sisters produce three and a half, I think maybe six and a half million chicken a week, of which I think three and a half, four million are theirs. So they don't want to see an unprofitable industry any more than I do. So they tend to, we have taken pain with that when they came out of COVID. If you look at the chick places at the beginning of last year, March, April, they were up about, um, I think it was about 17%. Now they're not. And what basically the industry worked, did go into oversupply, but what the, the big integrators did was to um, cut back. In fact, I think Hooks or Two sisters were the first to cut back, and we cut back by ten percent. The, the, so we we basically instead of doing six point two cycles last year with Freedom Food Birds, we only did five point eight. But the big advantage of the system we have is that, um, but if you do a good job, because your main costs eighty percent of your costs are sort of covered by the chicks and the feed, it means that all right, we might be growing less chicken, which is painful. But we, the ones we do grow, we will be should be growing at, at a profit. So that that's where that's the advantage of being on the system. It came in about seven or eight years ago, I think, basically on the back of Tesco's and and two sisters getting together. In fact, probably ten years ago, and everybody thought, "Oh, this is ridiculous! It's a stupid bloody system. You don't want to be on that." You know, we want the vagaries of the market where you can make a fortune one year and lose a fortune the other. I, because I was heavily borrowed and decided that I'd go down the route of um, a managed margin, which is which has its disadvantages and advantages. And the advantage is that by and large, if I do a good job for two sisters food group, then I should make a margin. And I, But I gave away my independence and I gave away the ability of um, doing really well when the market was short. So I, I think it's it's horses for courses, but if you've got, in our in my industry, I never seem to be anything other than borrowed. It, it's good to know where you are going, and at least it takes one sort of vagary out of the system. It, well, you know, that's that's the advantage of being. But I know in the egg world that they are being offered this, but 
at the end of the day, they're also being offered a 2 paid reduction in their egg price. And I think that's what's putting, talking to friends of mine, that's what tends to be putting them off, is the fact that they've got to take a decrease on their egg price to go into the system. And I think, you know, so, so, that, so it's up to them. Yeah, so there are trade-offs, but what's interesting is last autumn when Ranjit Boparan, the founder of Two Sisters, did speak out in the media, he did put out statements, he did some interviews, which is very unusual for him, and he said, chicken is too cheap in supermarkets, this is not sustainable, we need a higher price for the whole supply chain. So one of the advantages of having that integrated system is you get these big powerful influential voices speaking out on behalf of supply chain now has that worked as a tactic to get better prices well i think it i think the advantage with um Ranjid and also with james hook is the fact that they are both owner occupiers they are drivers and then the companies aren't owned by enormous conglomerates so basically they're private individuals fighting for their businesses and he's he was absolutely right i mean i just I was just really upset that nobody else, many other people in the industry, actually got alongside him and, and backed him up because he, what he was saying is absolutely right. It's 100% correct that chicken are too cheap. There's, mm. there's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, I mean, they, and I think they're going to have to go up in the supermarket now because if you look at it, he's just given us a 7p because of our feed ratchet, we've got a 7p a kilo increase on the price at the farm. So that's he he won't be able to absorb all that. That's got to go through to the consumer. And 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 it's right. I mean, the price of a large chicken in Tesco's is £4.75, and it has been for ages. You know, and it, it does need to go up. I mean, it's a. I know nobody wants inflation. I don't want inflation any more than anybody else. I don't want to pay more for my food than anybody else. But at the end of the day, Everything's costing more money, and and therefore you, you, people are going to have to pay more. Now, despite being on this feed ratchet, I know Charles, you have had to start changing the way you grow broilers in order mm. to save energy costs. Yeah. Can you explain what you're doing on your farm? Yeah, basically, um, basically what I'm doing now when the chicks come in, I'm half brooding the shed instead of using the whole shed when the chicks come in. I use half of it. So for the first um, 14, 21 days of their lives, the chicks just occupy half the shed. This means that we're saving the use of, I think it's 44 LED light bulbs. We're also not running four heaters to heat the sheds. And with gas at 36 pence a litre and the electric having gone up, it, these are, this, it, it, it's made sense to... so. I mean, we're coming to the end of our, we're in the middle of our first crop where we've done it, but it's, um, it just means that I'm not using four heaters and, and I'm not using um, half the shed for half the crop. I mean, I've just, if you came down here yesterday or day before, we let them into the other half and you wouldn't think they hadn't been in there loving it. You know, the fact they've got, but it's just a matter of keeping a lid on our costs. I mean, my, I mean, talking to one farmer who's, doing these freedom food birds. I mean, his gas cost last crop was £40,000. Well, he's looking at doing the same as me because it's the only way that we can um, grow grow the chicken and still make a margin. Because otherwise, the gas will just eat, eat its way through it. So it's something we've tried last crop, and now this crop, we've done the whole farm. And it, 
didn't certainly didn't affect our results in any shape, size, or form. And how much would you be saving over a crop on that? Because given that that period is only a few days out of the uh, growing well, period, it's, it's twenty days out of forty-nine. I haven't got the exact figures, but I would certainly on the gas costs, it would have saved us something like um, uh, well, it would have saved us nearly four thousand pounds on gas and electric. I'm not sure about. I'd be, until I do a whole cycle through and anyway it's complicated now because the price has gone up but certainly it's going to save us about seven thousand pounds on a winter's crop growing in the summer we probably let them have the whole shed right from the start because it won't be so critical okay now Robert I want to come back to you um Charles was making the point that in order to go on a, a contract where the true price of production would be reflected there might have to be a lower price initially paid and that there might not be so many benefits with the market fluctuating is that something your members want what, what are they telling you yes that's been a, a big discussion point so there is a there is a discount to be on price to to go into a, a feed tracker contract and the um, ups and downs and the pros and cons of going into that have been much discussed. And it all depends on what happens to the feed market after um, the signature has been put on that contract. And so it's very hard to, to um, come up with a, a conclusion yet. I mean, it's something that we are considering reviewing, um, but it's so variable um, depending on when a contract was signed and what's happened to feed costs before and after that it's very hard to give you an easy uh, an easy uh, answer um, now. Um, but for those, most of those who I've spoken to said that there was a bit of pain going on the, on the discount, but given obviously what's happened to feed prices recently, um, they've, they've been um, very pleased that they went on. And I understand many of your, uh, your members are making quite significant losses at the moment. What scale of losses are we talking about? We can look at it. There are two ways of looking at uh, how much they're losing. Because for those that who have paid off their sheds and the fortunate position of not having finance and have basically had a, 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 a shed which has um, been, been paid off, um, they're losing uh, uh, six, six pounds 38 um, a hen at the moment. Uh, that, that that's roughly twenty two p a dozen. Um, those um, those who are in the fortunate position or have got an old share which has been paid off, we do the we do the figures on that as well and take out depreciation interest on that, which we shouldn't do anyway. But even in those situations, they're losing um, one pound one pound fifty a hen, which is about five and a half p a dozen. So it's you know it's it's dire. Uh, so an average producer will have thirty two thousand uh, hens. So if you're talking about a loss of um, six six pound thirty eight a hen, you can you can see the extent of the losses that are going on at the moment. That sounds incredibly stressful. And is there a route out for producers who want it, or are they tied into these losses effectively? Well, unfortunately, with the contracts um, that they, the ex supply agreements they sign, they have to maintain supply. And this is one of the things that seems so unfair is that they uh, sign a variable price contract um, because that's the majority of contracts are available to them. Uh, the price uh, is reduced and then they're locked into a supply to supply at a loss for the period of that contract. 
And we have had situations where a producer has just decided to cut his losses where he can and not supply at all, get rid of his hens. And then the, and there's been one or two cases that I've been involved with where um, the, the, the packer or the agent for the packer has sued them for uh, breaches of the contract in terms of not supplying, um, even though everyone is aware that that supply would be at a huge loss and would create bankruptcy. So uh, it is a dire, it's a dire position for producers to be in. Are there any events on the horizon that either give you cause for optimism or make you think the situation is going to get worse in the coming months? Well, there seems to be, uh, and I'm interested to see if Charles agrees, it seems to be that the feed price hikes have plateaued a bit and that um, we might have reached the end of the increase in feed prices. And um, that is, if you like, a, a, a good sign. But the inflationary pressures throughout the rest of the supply chain still seem to be going up. And we've seen the news about uh, what's going to happen to energy prices and gas prices over this year, which uh, are not positive at all. Um, so it is very worrying. And um, you know, we are, are pleading with um, uh, our customers for a, a 10 pence a dozen increase in egg price. Minimum um, just to just to cover the inflationary increases we've had over the last 12 to 18 months for free range production and 20 pence a dozen for our organic uh, producers uh, who have had even the bigger inflationary pressures. What kind of response have you had so far to that request? Is there any sign of movement? No, I'm afraid there isn't, but uh, our, our campaign on that is, is just starting. And we have a, a, a we, what we're doing now, the costings we use um, the ADAS provide us with are, are using a sample of our members, only a small sample. And to get a better reflection of what's happening across the piece, we've uh, commissioned a questionnaire to all our members on their prices and, feed and costs. Well, those results should be coming in uh, from that questionnaire next week. We will use that to inform a letter which we'll be sending to uh, all retailers and packers um, so that something can be done uh, so that they take note of what's um, what's happening in their supply chain. Mm -hmm. And let's hope more of them follow the example of Tesco in putting pressure on packers to improve the situation for producers. Uh, exactly. Thanks for thanks for making that point again. No, yeah. Yeah, and Charles, what about you? How how optimistic or otherwise are you? I'm optimistic. It's, it's in so much as the poultry meat industry has just had a record year, 1.1 billion chicken sold. It shows that our product is wanted and liked and everything else. I think we're very fortunate in so much as we, we do supply people like Ranjit and others who fight our corner with venom. And I, and I think, yes, we, we're getting the feed price increases through, which is the major one. And yes, we're going to probably have to bear a little bit of the other costs until they until it starts to, um, you know, they can find ways of getting that back to the farm as well. So, I mean, I think, but by and large, our product is wanted, as we were told the other day by somebody, it's selling well, it's wanted. The Freedom Food Birds that I do, hopefully a big retailer has just signed a contract for to take a lot more. So I think on the poultry meat side, I, by and large, we've got a hiccup at the moment. As somebody told me when I went into business in poultry meat, you 
you save half your profit and you spend half your profit. And I think if, if you follow that philosophy, then which I've tried to do, then um, yeah, we we'll get through it. And because the products wanted is light, it, it, and um, we adapt to the marketplace. We have some very strong people fighting on our corner for us, and it's just up to me as a producer to make sure that I produce a good quality product for them to sell. And and yes, we've got. I mean, what worries me going forward is not just prices; it's things like the, which we're not are not talking about, but the welfare, transport, and this stupid thing between no no birds allowed to transport for between five and twenty five, below five degrees and above twenty five degrees, and and um, and one or two other other things, you know, four hours, which is useless for spent hens if you're in Cornwall. So I mean, it, there's a lot of other things that we need to worry about. And, yeah. You know, we, we just got to face the economic facts of life. We all right. We might have to pull our belts in for a little while. And, and I'm, but I, by and large, I'm optimistic because it's a product that people want, product that people appreciate. And yes, we we've been through things like this before. And um, we'll come out fighting the other side like we always do. Well, that seems like an excellent note on which to round this up. Uh, Charles Bournes and Robert Gooch, thank you very much. Um, that's all from this episode of Poultry Today. Don't forget to follow us on at Poultry Business. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, why not leave us a review? <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.